Welcome to Catholic Money Talk, where we talk about all things money and finance, and we try to do it through a lens of being Catholic, where our ultimate goal is to one day be in heaven with the Lord. I am your host, Paul Scarfone. Thank you for being here today. Well, welcome back to Catholic Money Talk. Today we're going to keep talking about lifestyle creep, uh, particularly how to eliminate it or to avoid it. But before we do that, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you for all the grace and wisdom that we need to face the challenges or circumstances that we might find ourselves in. We know that you love us and that you have a great plan for us. Allow us to yield to your Holy Spirit. And we ask all this through the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I mentioned in the last episode, lifestyle creep is when we don't have a plan and we allow the costs and expenses of our lifestyle to increase so much that they consume our income. It's what happens when our income increases and then our lifestyle just comes along, increases with it to consume it all. So you might then ask, Paul, how do we avoid lifestyle creep? Or you might say, we've definitely experienced lifestyle creep. Is there any way to undo it? The answer to all of this is, yes, it's to have a financial plan. But before we can have a plan, we need to establish some financial goals. It's important to know that we will all have different financial goals, and every plan will look different. Here are some very brief examples of financial goals. Getting out of debt. Buying a home. Maybe a home renovation, saving for retirement or retiring early, paying for kids' college, paying for a wedding, buying a car, traveling, or maybe it's to just be incredibly generous. It's important to think about our goals. Some are going to be long-term. Some will be short-term. Some will need to happen before others. For instance, we might need to pay for a wedding before we buy a house. Once we establish our goals and give them an order based on priority, we begin to create a plan. We then start to assign dollar amounts and time frames to each of these goals. I'll use the example of buying a home. Let's say we want to purchase a home in the next two and a half years, uh, so 30 months. We'll assume we're looking at a purchase of purchasing a $400,000 home and we put 10% down. That means we have 30 months to save $40,000. If we do the math, 40,000 divided by 30, it shows us we'll need to save about a little over $1,300 per month. So if this is our scenario, then we have to build our budget. Our budget is the blueprint for our plan. It tells us how we will get to our goals. One of the most most important aspects of a good budget is that it will reflect our goals. If anyone were to take a look at our budget, would it reflect our goals? So here's how we start to build this budget. We always begin with our basic needs. So food, shelter, clothing, and transportation to work. Those are our basic needs. Without those, it's pretty hard to just exist in life, right? We need food, we need shelter, can't run around naked, we need clothing, and we need to be able to get to and from work. So we're going to look at each one of those just a little bit. Food is groceries. It's not going out to fancy dinners. 
shelter? Well, this is our home payment, either rent or mortgage. It would also include our home or renter's insurance, property taxes, HOA fees, utility bills. It would not include our video streaming subscription or an elaborate sports package. Clothing is next. But this doesn't have to be shopping for clothes every week or every month. This would include items like dry cleaning for our work clothes. Maybe it's a uniform that we need for work. Or a laundromat if we don't own our own washer or dryer. But clothing here is because it's a basic need. Lastly, our transportation to work. For some of us, this might be mass transportation costs to get to and from our work. It might include gas in our vehicle along with basic maintenance and insurance. This isn't an excuse to go out and get a $500 car payment. And once we have these items paid for, we must then look at any obligations we've already committed to. We might have car loans, student loans, medical bills. Well, these are items that we've already committed to, so these all need to get paid next. That is all of our true needs. Once those are paid, we can then fund our plan towards our goals. So the next items here in our example would be it would be the $1,300 each month to save for the home down payment. Now, I've worked with a lot of different people, so I know there's all types, you know, in all different situations. I can definitely feel some of you thinking and maybe even saying out loud as you're listening to this, well, hang on a second. After I pay all those items, I don't have $1,300 left to save towards a home. And, oh, by the way, I also didn't cover some of the items that I spend money on every month. So now what do I do? That is a great question. Lifestyle creep can happen in several ways. Let's look back at that list of basic needs. Let's start with food. How much are you spending on grocery shopping? Do you shop sales? Do you coupon? Do you only buy name brand? The biggest question is, do you use a list when you grocery shop and do you stick to the list? That might require us to meal plan a little bit. It's definitely not very effective to be able to just, whenever we feel we need something, take another trip to the grocery store, walk in, and whatever kind of jumps or calls out to us on the shelves is what we buy, right? I mean, they're set up that way. Grocery stores spend a lot of research marketing product placement so that they sell us things. I'm not really allowed to go grocery shopping because I do have a tendency to impulse at the grocery store. I say I'm not allowed to. Me and my wife have determined the best way to do it, to grocery shop for our family. My wife sticks to the list and orders groceries online. We have just found that to be the most efficient and effective way to stay on budget. Why? So that we have money in our budget to be able to fund the other things we want to be able to do. Our hopes, our dreams, our goals, all of that. So you might need to find a way to lower those amounts a little. And if you haven't been budgeting, I'm sure you have plenty of ways to save here and there once you get focused. Shelter can be a big challenge. Maybe we bought or rented a large, uh, too large of a home for us. Now, this one's easier to identify, but it's the hardest to change. Now, I'm not saying you have to move. Maybe you can. But you need to acknowledge that the shelter cost was made without taking into consideration your bigger goals. And now your plan will either have to work around that decision or will you will need to prayerfully consider your options to change that. I'll give a little example we had 
when we bought our first home, didn't prayerfully discern anything. We just were at the point where we decided we just want to buy a house. A couple of friends were buying houses and we thought we just need to buy a house. Home prices were starting to go up and we didn't want to uh, risk losing out, right? All this just self-imposed pressure. So we ended up buying a house. At the moment, my take-home pay was about $4,000 a month at that moment. And my wife was at home with our little boy. She was expecting our second. And the bank (laughs) qualified us for an FHA loan up to 50% of our gross income. So that basically shook out to my take-home pay was $4,000 a month. My mortgage payment was $2,100. That was not even paying utilities yet. And as time went on and we got tighter and tighter and pinched, you'll hear more of this in our story when um, I sit down with my wife and we, we tell everybody. But what happened was we realized, well, the, we were stuck with that. And we had to work around that until we could change that. And it definitely created a bit of an obstacle and didn't allow us to pursue some things as quickly as we wanted to. But once we were focused on changing that situation, it, it, it became more manageable, right? Like the extra money that came in didn't just get lost into lifestyle creep. We're able to focus on either paying the mortgage down or saving up to, to, uh, to change that whole situation. So I know that shelter, right? The home piece of this can be a big challenge. And for many of you, if you think you've made a incorrect purchase or something, it's easy to kind of throw your hands in the air and say, oh, well, can't get out of this one. Now stay uh, encouraged, be hopeful. There's a way to get through this. Now, I'm not going to go through each of these line item expenses, but the important message here is that once we start seeing how all of these pieces need to fit together, once we start looking at the bigger picture, we will then begin to realize that there's a large cost to not having a plan. The earlier episode, I spoke about um, opportunity costs, one of the earlier ones. When lifestyle creep happens, it most often comes at the cost of pursuing our goals. Now, some of you might be able to quickly shake out your goals, put them into a list based on priority, organize your budget, and begin to move forward today. There might be others that are going to need to take more time. We might have to really determine for ourselves and maybe our spouse, if we're married, the why here. Right? If we don't ask ourselves why we need to do this and come up with a strong answer, we won't make the change. It's much like someone who could do to lose a few pounds, right? They always think about diet and exercise, but they never really pursue it. Then one day their doctor tells them they have some health concerns and all of a sudden they get into gear and start doing the work they should have been doing all along. The same is true here. The sooner we start and build these good money behaviors, the better results we'll see. The quicker we'll start to achieve these goals. When we look back at the budget, once we've paid for our basic needs, covered our obligations, and funded our goals, we're now able to spend some money on wants. These might include vacations, going out to eat, hobbies, and other things that we might like to enjoy. Then, if and hopefully when our income goes up, we can look at our plan, look at our budget, and we decide 
where do we want to allocate this additional income? Do we want to put more towards our goals? Do we want to spend and enjoy a little more of it? Do we want to increase our giving? We start to have intentionality that continues to propel us towards our goals. Now, these are all very practical ways to defend against and and correct lifestyle creep. But there's also a spiritual element here. There's a spiritual element to lifestyle creep. Many times it can sneak in when we're not content with our current situation. As humans, it's so easy to see others and to think that they have it better than us or that we want what we think they have. I mean, just think back to the examples I had given in the last episode about you know, a fancy lunch, a vacation, or a new car. When we aren't content with where we are and what we have, it's easy to lose sight of our goals and to start to pursue those little impulse desires, those distractions that we are constantly bombarded with. Contentment comes from being grateful for all that the Lord has blessed us with. That is why I pray we know the Lord loves us and we know he has a plan for us. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it's one of my favorite scripture verses, when I'm not content with either the situation or circumstance I find myself in, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future of hope. Well, since the Lord has great plans for me, I can handle any challenge I may find myself in. Because I know it's only temporary. He gives me an intellect and will so that I can seek his wisdom and make sound decisions in pursuit of his plans for my life. And that is my ultimate goal. When I have this perspective, when I am grateful to the Lord for all that he's done for me, I get filled with contentment. My worries and anxieties begin to melt away. There's always more work I need to do, but I have great hope because God has a plan for me. Sometimes it's hard to figure out. Sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need a new perspective. That is what I try to provide as a financial coach, a new perspective, along with some practicals that will give people hope for the future. If you would like some help with your situation, I've added a link in my podcast profile to just a short form to complete to schedule some time with me. I'm happy to serve. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Catholic Money Talk. I hope you join us again next time. Please click subscribe in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. God bless you and have a great day.